the world is going through changes. Changes happening at a speed that we have never seen before. This is leading to disruption, chaos, panic, fear, hysteria, and a turbulent economy and marketplace. How do you protect your wealth in a turbulent world? How do you invest for cash flow and alternative assets to escape the rat race in times of uncertainty? How do you decentralize yourself, your family, your community, your business, and your investments to become sovereign and escape the matrix? If you are looking for strategies, tactics, and techniques to escape the rat race and matrix, you are in the right place. My name is MC Lobsher, and this is Cashflow Ninja. This is Cashflow Ninja. I'm MC Lobsher. Thank you so much for joining me again on the show and spending the most valuable resource. Your time once again with me. Everything Cashflow Ninja is at CashflowNinja.com. That's CashflowNinja.com. I've got a fantastic show for you today. Today, I'm joined by Josh McKellen from Accountable Equity. Josh, great to see you. It's a pleasure, buddy. I don't, might be my fourth time, maybe my third time. I love Cashflow Ninja. Thank you for everything you're doing. I know. I know. For um, As I've mentioned in the intro, uh, Josh and Melanie McKellen, they've been on the show before. Josh has been on the show several times. I would highly recommend you go to CashflowNinja.com and just check out the previous episodes where I mean, we've had so many conversations about historic resorts, about opportunity zones, I mean, on and on. So um, a wealth of knowledge uh, and an absolute cash flow ninja in his niche of historic resorts and hospitality. <laughs> so I've been looking forward to this. We, we haven't uh, talked about this for a while. Uh, but before we dive into historic resorts and what's going on there, um, Josh, if you don't mind, we have a lot of new listeners and viewers. Just share a little bit about uh, your background, your journey, and then um, what you guys do and how you do it and share some of the the fun things that, uh, you know, we've been involved that's a nice. That's a nice offer. Thank you, brother, to let me share a few minutes of a backstory. Uh, my name is Josh McCallan, as this lovely show knows now. Um, my wife and I do have, uh, we team up on projects, but we also have a big team. And that's a, a couple things here. Uh, fast forwarding, we're today we're uh, you know different seasons, but in one season or two seasons of the year, we're four hundred people strong, and we're known as one of the more um, you know established and successful wedding operators. I know you say historic hotels and resorts, we do. I always say we get layers of business opportunity here, layers of cash yep. flow ninja, ninjaizing. But uh, the story begins for me, like many of you listeners. Um, finding our own way, right? It began as a young guy. My poor mom had a stroke when she was 27. I was a little dude doing my own laundry at five, helping out around the house, loved working though. And I do still love working. Like right now, if you're like, let's go do some project. I'm like, let's go. And I'll, you know, getting into the weeds, I'll do it. Uh, carrying bus boy trays, I'll carry them. Um, but, uh, you know, so 12 years old, I'm a paper boy. Fast forward. I, I, I have this vision of being a business person. I, I was able to watch my best buddy's intact family. I'm from a divorce family and I was always in, admire his dad who had started an automobile leasing company back in the early eighties, which was a crazy idea. He didn't even have a dealership. Anyway, he built a great business and I remember being around him all the time. It was super energizing. Um, I had a high aspiration to do something, um, 
make something of ourselves. So I thought, oh, I'll go into college, I'll go into business. Well, thank God I changed my mind because I think I got a nice rounded experience. I, got, I went to college studying history, theology, economics, and got a liberal arts degree, actually three of them, because back then I wanted to study about my faith and stuff. And they're like, you can't just study about faith. You have to study all these other practical skills. And so I did. Um, I get married to my lovely wife at 22. And then from there, really cool trajectory change. I thought, oh, I'll teach for a bit. I did that. I was a high school teacher. You might not know that. And um, I'll, I'll even give a funny fact about our time in Europe. So after teaching, I said, I'm going to hack the system and I'm going to go get a free MBA. And here's how you get a free master's in business. You go work for a university and they give you a free, free MBA. That's how I got my MBA. While I'm there, uh, another tidbit I haven't shared before, I meet uh, people that are starting a new university. A billionaire was starting it. His name's Tom Monahan. And he recruited me to be the first marketing director. I was only 25. Uh, so I left one university to go to another university. And that's why I finished my degree out at Eastern Michigan University in Ohio. I'm in Ohio, in Michigan, <laughs> hence the name. Right next to, uh, if you guys are football fans, very close to uh, the big house of U, and U of M, even though I didn't go to U of M. U of M. But uh, from there, something really cool starts. Similar to MC, I get to live outside the country. and. Um, because I was doing well in the university world, I got an offer to run a university campus in the middle of the Alps. And Melanie, I went over there with one baby, came back with three, uh, lived there for four years, barely came home to America, just you know, just for a visit a week, a weekly visit once a year, a week visit once a year. But that changed us a lot, right? We went from being hard charging, which we we really can't stop being hard charging. But I remember seeing in Europe that whole kind of like a idyllic village setting. And I remember reading and writing about a lot of stuff in Europe while I'm over there working and speaking some German, speaking some English. I started reading the Economist magazine again, and they're talking all about the boom of real estate in the early 2000s. Because I'm over in Europe while the boom's happening here before the crash of 07, 08. And I'm like, damn, I missed out on this real estate boom. Um, I'd only ever done a house hack before that. And uh, Melanie, I still owned that house hack. We were living in Europe, running it back in America. And uh, it it was a really impactful time, and I saw really great hospitality. This is just a – it just shows up in my life later. Um, yeah, really, I call it loving hospitality. Over there in Germany, German-speaking countries, they call it Gemütlichkeit, which is this extremely warm type of hospitality where you feel like you're coming home. Anyway, fast forward. We come home to America, four years, contract's done, and I say, Melanie, I'm going to get into land development. She's like, what the hell are you talking about? You don't have no land development background. I'm like, I love, I love it though. I'm going to find a way. I'm going to find a way. I'm a dog with chasing a bone. And I came up with this idea that if I could serve land developers, maybe one of them would bring me on. And so long story, another time, I'll tell you what I did. But after eight or nine, like long pursuits of developers, I end up landing in the right spot, work for a gentleman who had had a liquidity he had built a family office, which I didn't know what that was back then, but he puts me in charge of projects. I'm building $6 million houses for him as a project manager because he knew he knew our character. He wanted to work with me. I wanted to work with him, and it was the boom. So the crash had not yet happened. So back then, if you remember 06, 07, before the crash, you couldn't find a contractor. Like They were everywhere spread out too thin. Everybody who had a pickup truck said they were a contractor. So here he is building $5 million flips 
the most expensive one I did was a $12 million flip. And they're like, there was nobody showing up to work. We're trying to build this gorgeous masterpiece house on the beaches. And, uh, anyway, so I end up like having to learn how to like direct micro direct the construction of a house, the detailing of a house, like that whole beautiful architectural detailing you see with the three part build up trims and how do you going to make an arch radius? How are you going to do it? But I'm working with like terribly underskilled carpenters to build seven because why? Cause there were no carpenters left back then. There probably still aren't any now, but, um, fast forward, that changed a lot of how I saw capital formation. And I just perceived life a little different working for someone who had already had an exit. You know, I saw how he considered money. Um, it, it was more like capital is, is the, the stored up energy, a stored up power. Yep. And he wanted to invest some to get a lot back, but he knew there had to be human capital in the middle. Now he didn't use these terminologies later. They left a big impression on me. Fast forward, uh, the recession came, I go out and I, uh, lose a business. Some other time I'll tell you about, I built a business and lost it. And that also changed my life. Melanie, uh, we had six children at that time and she's ready to kill me one night when I had lost everything. And she says to me, how could you do this? We had bought a franchise and I lost it. And, uh, she, I said, honey, I think we're in the middle of the movie. I think we're in the middle of that movie where it looks ridiculously bad. (laughs) So from that point forward, we just decided we're going to dig out. And we're always going to be diggers and builders. Bottom line, I rejoined the family office and no longer are we flipping houses. He got stuck with hotels. He had, he had bought a hotel, actually one left. He had one left to tear it down and build beautiful condos and houses on the water. But in 2012, by the time we're rejoining forces, you do not build spec houses on the beach anymore at that time. That was not the season of the cycle to build a fancy house and try to flip it. So he said, what should we do with this dumpy hotel? I mean, it was dumpy. 1974 vintage, hadn't been updated in maybe 30 years, stank like death. You know, that smell when you have a beach hotel that's not being taken care of, it just smells. You're like, ooh, old seashore. That's what we used to call it. Really what it was is dang black mold. That's what it was. It was black mold. It wasn't (laughs) old seashore. So we, you know, I'm sitting there trying to figure out a business plan and I write a business plan that metamorphosized into something beautiful. It became a brand on the East Coast. Everybody from New York to Philadelphia to D.C. now knows it. It was called the Icona Resort Group. And uh, we came up. I said, I said, sir, here's an idea. Why don't we take your dump, make it first class, like four-star quality, and then what we'll do is we'll prove to the world we can do this as a prototype, and we will do the e-myth Michael Gerber strategy of building a franchise prototype in our own asset, your asset, and we'll go and do it again and again and again, but we will become the East Coast hotel flippers. And he's like, that's a crazy idea. So I, I was like, yeah, let's do it. So I had to really persuade him. It took months and months and months. Uh, anyway, lots of fun stories there. It ended up becoming unsuccessful at first, actually, really badly unsuccessful until it became successful. And Melanie and I have been to speeches over the years because now she's my partner, one of our partners. And she, there was this one presentation we saw, this is a non, this is a little bit of a sidebar where the su- success trajectory of people that you say, oh, that person's very successful. If they were to draw their success trajectory, it would look like, oh, a little bit up, a little bit up backwards and down. What? A little bit of a swirly cue, then up another step. 
and then an up another step, then up three more steps, and then back all the way back to the zero, scrolly cue, back up. So this like what looks like a linear line going in the upwards to the right is actually like a ton of ridiculous setbacks. And if you just fight through each setback, you do keep it moving up and to the right. And that um, that helped her realize why we've had such tough times. <laughs> and fast forward, we uh, we finished up with that partnership. We had become the seventh best hotel in America by TripAdvisor, Wall Street Journal, USA Today. We're on all these news stories. I still have some on my walls. And now, um, you know, I get the chance to do it for partners like you. You know, and I invite people, even MC joins us at one point and becomes a partner. And so what we've done now is we've taken the family office strategy of legacy investing, meaning you're building something for a, a period of time that goes beyond one sales cycle or one market cycle. That's one definition of legacy strategies for investing. Another one is keeping your eye on the horizon. And during that time, uh, the part that I missed telling you was that not only did we become relatively good at, at architecturally re reviving a, a property. But we learned that in hospitality, it's truly a really robust operating business. And at first, when I was getting into this MC six years ago uh, to let partners join me, I remember people were always like, oh, business, we'd rather just buy dirt, or real estate, I mean, and value add it. I'm like, well, we do two things. We do real estate value add and we do business acquisition value add. And back then, no one picked up on what I was saying. I didn't even articulate it well. Fast forward, the COVID comes. We fight through that and come out 10 times further ahead. Um, we buy more and more properties. And uh, now I realize everybody's talking about buying businesses because they see that they're somewhat of an inflation fighter. And then real estate's an inflation hedge, right? So yep. I'm very honored to say that we have hundreds of partners now that invest and they get to have both with us. And so that's what's been allowing us to grow during these changing economic times. I want to take a moment to share something very important right now. Are you trying to figure out how to protect your savings from the banking collapse, which has already started, and the coming financial crisis? Most banks will fail. Deposits that are not insured by the FDIC will be lost and there will be bank bail-ins and this collapse in the banking system will lead to chaos in the financial system. Banks also provide loans to real estate investors. So what do you think is going to happen to lending in the event of a banking and a financial crisis? You can be proactive and position your savings to protect it and also have access to it to use it to buy discounted assets by positioning it in your own banking system through the infinite banking concept strategy. Producers Wealth has put together a presentation at yourownbankingsystem.com where you will learn how to position capital outside of the banking system and the Wall Street casino, just like the ultra-wealthy, to protect it and create a pool of tax-free liquid capital to capitalize on the massive opportunity to buy discounted assets, which is coming. You can access the presentation at yourownbankingsystem.com. That's yourownbankingsystem.com. So just for folks that's not familiar kind of with the model, I mentioned historic resorts, but it's very, very niche. And it's 
the business plan is a little bit different. You're not just buying a resort and crossing your fingers. It's very intentional where there's a very specific niche resort that fits into this, uh, something that has an X factor, a soul, uh, a legacy, something that um, could be revitalized. Um, And um, so there's something that's also unique. There's not a ton of it, right? So it's not just like a a, like. Yeah, there's a moat around it. So that's something that you that you buy. And then obviously the primary driver is wedding. Yeah. So Weddings that's the is other the other hack. Yeah, that's oh, a bit of a, a surprise that people don't realize when they, they first meet us and then they invest. They're like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize. Hospitality is typically a, what's called a transient business. Yeah. But if you overlay something that is contractual on top of something that's transient, you get the best of both worlds. So by becoming at this point, we have some of the one of our properties is the single largest wedding operator in America. Others are very high, but there you know there's one of ours that's so big that has allowed us to become one of the largest groups that do weddings in the country, and we do them at a very high level, high level of service, high high success rate. Thank God. But what it does for us investors is it means we already know next year's revenue a year in advance because it's it's actually contracted. Yep. Paid partially in advance, if not a lot of advance. You know, it's like twenty five percent paid the year before, fifty percent paid six months before, and the final twenty five percent paid two weeks before. So that's such a game changer that it actually takes people that have never thought about investing in hospitality, but would love to actually see their own asset physically drive up to it and be like, "This is a fun place to own." But they also feel better that we we have such a what do you call stable revenue engine. And um, so those are the niches that we kind of got really good at. And then the COVID taught us, um, it it taught us that we were onto something about this whole idea of doing it within drivable distances of major economic centers. So these are some of the secret sauce folks. So if you want to go out and replicate our model, I've given you all the secrets. No, just kidding. Call me anytime. I'll help you with, but um, if you do it within a drivable distance, reasonably drivable from Manhattan, Philadelphia, DC, We'll be in Florida soon near the big cities. You you have um you you what it does is it bifurcates the different cycles in hospitality too, because a drivable distance it, it withstood COVID. You know, the first thing that came out of COVID was us and our type of hospitality. Today it's years later from the COVID, and city hospitality is still down, whereas our hospitality is 10 to 20 points higher than we ever projected it would be. Yep. And so we came out of it quicker, thank God, and we've sustained a long life cycle because if you can't get on an airplane, it's the COVID. If you don't want to get on an airplane, but you want to get away, you need rest in your life, you need that cycle of your own life, or if you have a wedding or if you have fun, I think drive to leisure is super strong and powerful in and of itself. And if you overlay weddings, um, it adds safety. Yeah. What I love about the model too is it's drivable. It's contractual. So like you mentioned, I mean, it's you know this a year or two years out in advance. And then you bring all of your family and friends to a property. And now that and that's just the wedding piece, right? And what I really like is all the ancillary opportunities that then exist. So you bring them to a resort, and let's just say there's a golf course. Well, now there's a big driver of, of another uh, income stream. And then there's a hotel, more another income stream. Then there's restaurants and breakfast places and little 
shops where you can buy a sandwich and so all on the property all revenue drivers then you have a winery for example on one of the properties well there's wine tastings there's wine sales there's all these other things and then because you have a lot of these properties are you know close to 200 acres um there's space too to do outdoor events and outdoor villages and so forth. So what I want to drive home for folks too is the model is you're not just, it's not just a wedding business that you're in. That is the main driver in this niche, but it's all the other income streams that you stack on top of it. Um, so I just want to bring that too. And that's, and it's all, you know, it's all ancillary. It's all symbiotic. Right. And, you know, that th- this is a, a business lesson. I think anybody can learn why well, I know we have a lot of uh, young listeners too. Um, it, it, you have that one big stream, you know, Grand Cardone talks about that a lot, right? You've got that one vein, a big stream, and then you've got all these other ancillary streams that adds to it. So it brings it really, really nicely um, together, that model. And um, and then, of course, there's cross-selling opportunities then when you have different properties in certain geographic locations. So it's just a – it's a – it's a, a a niche and a business model that has a life of its own, and <laughs> it just continues. You just continue to find more things, and I, we covered it um, in our book, the Twenty One Best Cash Flow Niches, where we talked about historic resorts, but we also talked about you know creating even a business outside of that through equipment leasing, which That's is another right. opportunity yes. because resorts, guess what, <laughs> uses a ton of equipment that you got to lease. So instead of leasing that, you could create another company, buy the equipment, lease it back to the companies. I mean, you could get so creative. And that's what I love about this type of real estate. And it's real estate and business, you know, all, to, all together. Um, you could get very, very creative. Um, so it's really up to your mind, the creativity kind of piece of where you take this. Um, so a lot, Thank a lot you so to learn. much for explaining that so well. And, you know, there's one other fun thing he mentioned briefly, guys, ladies, 200 acres is about our smallest property. We, we yep. just, we just put our fourth beautiful property under contract and it's 400 acres. Now yep. that means we have farms that are leased out to farmers. We have all this bucolic beauty that technically saves us on taxes Yep, and and it makes it even more enjoyable to have an event there, but it also means future land development opportunities. And so I always say we get to free land bank for the next generation, meaning year 10, let's say, or year five. And in the meantime, we cash flow and pay our investors and we get a second bite at the apple later, if not a triple bite at the apple. So I get geeked out about it. And of course, some other episodes, if you go back, you'll hear us talk about the heart and soul of why we do it. And it's, yep. uh, it's our calling really to try to show people their dignity uh, and to be a reflection of that dignity and to just, we want to build a place that's great for work. We call it reviving the soul. And that's how we try to treat the guests. We're not perfect. So if you, if you've been to one of our resorts and you're like, wait a second, the hostess wasn't so kind. I'm like, you're right. You, that, that might've happened actually. You're right. But, uh, boy, there's a momentum that, that you probably will have felt loved when you're on the property. Absolutely. So Josh, what's going on in general in hospitality and then also what's going on in the niche that you're operating in? What are you seeing on the ground these days? Yeah. The business facts for you guys who are investors or, um, whatever you'll, the biggest story of today crisscrosses a lot of industries. Hospitality in particular has a very small access to debt. Uh, and when you have small access to debt, let's think of the opposite. When everybody was getting 2% 
interest rates or 3% interest rates, you, everybody could buy another house or another Airbnb. It was easy. Well, when it's easy to get cash, guess what happens to the pricing? It, they go up by 20% a year sometimes because there's so much cash chasing so few Airbnbs in Tennessee, right? So, um, so where, you know, Tennessee just skyrockets or whatever place you love. But in our world, when there's no real op- opportunity for debt, you can give up. It would be easier to give up. You're like, wow, there's no debt. Let's just give up. That's actually what's going on in a lot of hospitality. Um, there's just, there hasn't been available debt since the COVID uh, mm-hmm. in any real volume. We've had to pivot in many ways. Uh, we've, you know, found great opportunities, but, but um, because there's no debt, that actually means we have stable pricing right now to buy and somewhat downward pressure on pricing, um, which is rare in, in a world that's going to continue, continue to be inflationary. MC talks about it a lot. He talks about the tea leaves of the economy, the changing use of you know the money system. We all know money is going to continue to expand. Therefore, real assets will be forced up. Even if you don't run them well, eventually they'll have to be worth more because there's so much money out there now. But in the short run, there's not much money out there. So one good news about our business and our investment philosophy is Horizon. You know, we do look to the horizon. We know we're in assets that have been, some of our properties are 200 years old. One of them is 160 years old. So somebody likes coming to these properties even before we got here. And I, 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 I guess to say that there's going to be people that like to come to this type of experience even after I pass away. So we've got stuff here that has intrinsic real estate value and business revenue to throw off. So um, anyway, hospitality, lending's struggling. Therefore, um, you won't see many transactions in hospitality right now. Um, you know, of course, we, we can talk about how do we work within that framework when you want to. Yeah, I just want to touch on a couple of things. So hospitality, like broad, I'm going really broad now. Uh, a lot of the revenues generated through travel, right? And business travel, if you think about airplanes and like most of the hotels. And then if you look at, and then some events, okay? So some certain events and seminars and corporate events and and, and so forth. A lot of that's still down, right? Uh, even after COVID. So the broad, like if you look at it as one single asset clause, you know, all of your franchised hotels and your brand names, they're struggling. So the lending, I mean, if you're if you are a banker or a financial institution or an insurance company, you're going to look at this and go, yeah, I'm not quite going to lend on on this on on this asset cost because there's a lot of stress on it. Um, obviously, everything's gone virtual and digital and so forth. So um, you know, it, it never really came back to the 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 strength that it was. So you that's one of the reasons. And then you go across into the niche that you're at because it's tagged as still hospitality. And there's some properties that are tagged, uh, you know, tagged as farms or farmland and agricultural land and so forth, which is a completely different ballgame. But because it's tagged hospitality, it this produces a massive, massive challenge. So I think the positives of challenges, and I always say you have to see the challenge coming, and then where lies the opportunity in that challenge? So the challenge is that the money's cut off. Then nobody's lending on it, and like you said, most people will just say, "All right, well, I'm out. like, why, why, why do I bother? I'm out." 
But if you turn that around and go, well, what opportunity does this present? Well, it's not overinflated. It's not rushing up like all the others with like asset clauses where free money just went to. And well, now you got to be creative. And the people that are looking to sell properties, which there's a ton of mom and pop baby boomers sitting on very, very uh, unique, soulful kind of uh, properties and, and resorts. Well, but they now have to come to the table and talk too. So there's a lot of seller financing. There's a lot of creative financing. There's a lot of that kind of back and forth. So there's still, there's, there's plenty of opportunities in the niche, which is still very, very uh, profitable and doing well because of the business model. But be, just because it's broadly tagged as ho hospitality, yeah, well, now there's a huge barrier to entry for folks not coming in, right? So now the, the operators that have positioned, that are well, that focuses on relationships and seller financing and create being creative, they have a massive, massive uh, upper hand in, in this. So I just wanted to stress that because um, I know inside the framework that, and we're going to talk about relationship capital and how important it is, but inside the framework, I think this presents a huge opportunity to all of these challenges, right? Yep. I mean, relationships is one of the topics you and I talked about during the COVID. You know, we got yep. on the show and we said, well, what should we all be doing? Remember, it was actual the the lockdown of the COVID czars. <laughs> and we're like, well, what should we do? So we started all, uh, well, we started investing in getting to know the people in our communities virtually back then. Yep. Um, we still do that. Uh, we, we do think there's a power of being with people, though. So obviously virtual is awesome. Um, but we've continued to invest in our programs of bringing investors into beautiful spaces and letting them meet each other. So we, you know, later we'll talk about the upcoming appearance. You're going to be at one of our events and people can come meet you. Um, if you guys have been listening to this show, I think you understand how important it would be to meet this gentleman. I count him as a friend. I hope he counts us as a friend. We Oops. absolutely cherish every moment with him and his family. Um, and it, it, it's it's awesome, buddy. You're awesome. And, and thanks for doing stuff in person with us. I want to take a moment to recognize one of our sponsors, Penumbra Solutions. Life Settlements Investments have allowed financial and banking institutions to not only buy their equity contractually, but also diversify their capital from any economic, market, and geopolitical risk. It's been part of the billion-dollar blueprint followed by institutional investors. If you're an accredited investor, you can also now participate in this vehicle with enormous growth potential. You can watch an informational webinar presented by one of the premier organizations providing life settlement investments, Penumbra Solutions, at cashflowninja.com forward slash life settlements. That's cashflowninja.com forward slash Life settlements. The password to access that webinar is penumbra, all lowercase. Josh, one of the things that I also, before we talk about um, the importance of r what to do right now, right? Learning and growing and uh, adding skills and networking, stuff that people should be focusing at this part of the market cycle. One of the things I also just wanted to share, um, and I, you know, I don't, I hope you don't mind, but like the insight to success too of this is and and you do this really really well is building relationships with future sellers and that's i think that is unique because in this niche like i said 
There's not a ton of capital where you just go to someone and say, hey, I want to buy a property. Here's the, we'll bring all, <laughs> we got a loan. Oh, we'll disclose it next week. And it's, it doesn't work that way. Um, so you have to, I mean, the investment of relationships and getting to know uh, future potential sellers, right? Getting to know people so that you know what they do and how they run their operations. They know who you are and what you do. That's and a great question. Yeah. It, maybe you could just speak to that because here's what it's not. This is what I want the listeners to walk away with. Here's what it's not. You don't just walk up to someone in this particular niche and say, I want to buy a property. Here's the contract. It's done. It doesn't work that That's way. That's a good point. There's a there's a lot of seeds that need to be planted and that eventually some of them grow up to be beautiful trees with beautiful fruit. And obviously some of them just go to the wayside. But there's a lot of effort on that part too. So maybe if you could just speak to that and develop the importance of developing relationships. And maybe this is a lesson that even if you're listening to the show and you're not in hospitality or in historic resorts, you can take it into your industry and 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 that'll give you a competitive edge. Yep. So there's a book. If everybody would like, I know that you guys are voracious learners like like uh, MC and I. So there's a book that if you haven't had a chance to read it yet, I'm about to tell you the title and you'll be like, I've heard that title for 25 years. It's called um, Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And I probably brought it up on the show once or twice because it cracks me up. I, I read it every year, if not more than that, because it's not what you think it is. I don't really like the title, but it was written in 1920s. Back then, it was one of the early self-help books that was a national bestseller. But it is, uh, I, I could go on for a half hour and talk about this book, so I won't. But it was written by a, an academic type of person who researched human interaction, uh, hired a bunch of like um, Ivy League interns for three years to take human interaction and find key stories from the past and the present at that time to uh, to flesh it out. And so there's these stories of Abraham Lincoln, the person who helps us end slavery, but also had failed miserably in life for 30 years and then helped us end slavery. So how the heck did he get from here to there? And it asks you the question, are you actually here to trick someone or are you here to listen and serve someone? You know, and I've kind of just cut to the chase of 12 chapters there. And he says in chapter nine, if you think I've taught you a bag of tricks, you've misread all of the previous words in this book. It's not, it never was. It was about seeking the good of the other. And as, as, as in as honest a way as you can, none of us are flawed. We're all flawed. I mean, we're none of us are perfect, but if you seek it, you get closer than if you don't seek it. Right. That's one of my philosophies in life. You know, we're trying to do uh, a virtuous uh, business management here, but we're never going to be perfect, but we seek virtue, but at least we're seeking it. <laughs> we're fighting that fight. But, um, so he says, if you listen first, and if you, if you're hearty in your approbation and lavish in your praise, then people will be willing to communicate with you. And if they communicate with you, then you can influence in a good way. Meaning for a, a win-win is really what he, yeah, these are kind of modern language things that he wasn't using, but basically he's saying for a win-win discussion, that's how we buy properties. Yep. It's also the way I want to be treated. It's the way I want to treat others. I want to just listen first or have someone at least try to understand where I'm coming from before they judge me and me do the same for them. So we actually have a case study on this. If you want to go through a, a case study, a deal, real dive. 
if you want. Yeah, you um, yeah, go ahead. Every one of our acquisitions was distressed when we got it, but the newer ones we're getting, there's distressed in a different way. They're not physically distressed anymore. They may, you know, we might buy one that's physically distressed, but they're often distressed at the ownership level in the sense they need to sell for a tragic reason, death coming or, you know, terminal illness or death just happened. And so the best thing to do there is not to worry about the price that they ask or the price you wanted it at. It's more to hear and listen. So um, in a recent situation, which we'll be announcing at the Learning Grow in detail with December 2nd at our events at the beautiful Renault, we're going to talk about a 400-acre property we're acquiring in the next few months that the family is well off. The business was not ever really run for profit. It was more of a hobby, but they own incredible physical assets, waterfront, wineries, venues, mansions, houses, all kinds of beautiful things on this property, a dock, water sports, everything you can imagine for a resort. But um, their real need was peace of mind. So our team uh, at one of our properties, Ken Island Resort, is in proximity to that one. So we made a meal. We brought it up for our tour. We were getting a tour from the owners and the sales uh, rep. We brought up, um, you know, some of our best stuff from Kent, and we just gave it to him. You know, they may have said, get out of here, but we thought, why don't we just put our best foot forward, give them something first. And I brought our teammate and Mark uh, Giangiulio helped me and brought the chef. It was incredible. We fed them. We listened. We understood how much heart they had poured into this. That's the word soul you hear MC talking about. Sometimes these classic properties, even if they're, yeah, people poured themselves into it. You know, there is actually usually a story behind most things we buy uh, because it's like with a labor of love for someone. And the first thing first is to recognize that human gift they gave to that property or that human capital they put into that, just recognizing the good that they did. And, and going back to Dale Carnegie, he does not say to flatter people. He says to find something you have a sincere interest in and call it out. So we wouldn't go in and flatter someone for something we did not genuinely think was flatter, was, was impressive. We would call out what we truly think is impressive and, and just re, be a reflection on what the work they did. Honestly, it's, from us, it's a truth. Like, I'm like, no, I'm really impressed with the architecture. Like, they did one thing in their wine production facility where they, um, they spent a good bit of money, which perhaps was a bit overkill, but they built a, um, a vaulted ceiling at the entry to their taste, not even their tasting room. We're talking about the production facility with like cedar walls and pine, raw pine and, and, and bent the wood and made it just like goth, like a, almost like a church or something it looks so beautiful. And I'm like, Jesus is amazing. You know? And then when you go into the facility, um, it's like the most state of the art equipment. It could eat off the floor. I mean, you have to call that stuff out, right? I mean, yep. that's beautiful, amazing stuff. So all you have to do is show them that you see what they did. Anyway, that's a lot of detail. But if you go from there to getting to a negotiation, it's a good common ground. That deal ends with us working on a, a, a very low leveraged bank debt and a way for the sellers to stay involved, but also not hurt the cash flow. So they get a win. We get a win. Um, the price was reasonable. It was it was over 40% below market, this price. Now, that's because they had built one of the most beautiful venues, properties you've ever seen. So we were able to get them to a much more modest price that they were willing to go to. 
and then also not have to come with much cash up front. In our model, since we but we run businesses, we're going to use our cash that we bring into the project to actually just ramp up the revenues. By ramping up the revenues, we can pay back the investors and, and really secure a long-term business. I want to acknowledge one of our sponsors. Are you ready to ride the wave of success in the booming car wash industry? Tommy's Express Car Wash is the cutting-edge brand that is revolutionizing the way we clean vehicles. Demand for top-notch, state-of-the-art tunnel car wash is skyrocketing. Institutions are diving in head-first, and the real asset investor is already a step ahead. They have a world-class operations team, and they're building a portfolio of Tommy's Express car washes that's on track to become one of the largest privately owned car wash portfolios in the United States. The margins on a stabilized Tommy's Express car wash are incredible, and accredited investors have the chance to join them on their adventure. Dave Zook, the founder and CEO of The Real Asset Investor and his team, are thrilled to share opportunities like Tommy's Car Wash with accredited investors that boost your cash flow, unlocks massive tax benefits, and get you set up for a lucrative exit just a few years from now. To learn more about the opportunities offered by the real asset investor, you can reach out to them at info at therealassetinvestor.com. That's info at therealassetinvestor.com. Com. Josh, let's talk about the importance of the community, and you've built a fantastic community at uh, Accountable Equity and the events that you put on. It's in person at the properties, and it rotates from time to time. Um, the learn and grow. Uh, share a little bit more about that. Yeah, this is a vision from when we were starting to raise capital. We thought, well, let's meet the people, and we said, no matter what, since it's direct private investing, people. MC, there's people listening to you right now that don't even know this is possible. It's so amazing that you can find people that do projects that are real estate-based or business-based, and if they have a legally formed investment vehicle, you can actually put money right into the vehicle project, blah, 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 blah. No intermediary, no brokerage, no wasted money going through Vanguard over to some other brokerage back down to the property. Um, I didn't know that was possible six years ago, really. Um so, but we also say that the most important thing is for them to know who we are and honestly, if we could get to know them before we become partners in a, in a passive way. So really it was a way for us to say, anybody who wants to investigate us, come do it. But then we realized the act of putting a hundred great families together or 50 great families, a hundred great people is they get to know each other. And so then we realized this is holistic. Why not make it so it's comfortable with great food, comfortable with great speakers, comfortable in a beautiful venue? Let them experience the the fun of our resorts too. Like we have an ice skating rink they're going to be going to. And let them build community with us, but with them. And I have watched people come to this that are, you know, new accredited investors, uh, meaning they might have sold something and have a little bit of cash liquidity or their doctors or their business owners. And they didn't, they don't even know this world exists. I have this one guy who doesn't live far from the property. Some people fly in from California, but other people live in New Jersey. And he came and he's like, honestly, I needed this right now because I just sold my tech company, you know, and I didn't know where I was going to put the money. I didn't want to put it all on wall street. I feel weird about that since I don't understand how wall street works. 
And so he's partial, he's like divided up some of his investment into our leasing fund. So he has to pay no taxes. He's put some money in real estate because he wants to have a loan. Anyway, that's him with us. But then he has met six or seven other people that he, he's, he's learned about other types of investing. He's joined other masterminds, but he did it. We became a platform for him. And, and that made me very happy. We have another gentleman who came in, um, who met his forever partners, business partners, like two different group of people that were there. They sat at the same table, listened to the same talks, got challenged to think through things on their own family. You know, we do mastermind questions. We do mastermind presentations. MC Laubscher is going to be talking about some really important things changing in the economy in the next two years. So that's going to spur conversation. And you're going to have that conversation with Billy Bob, who's sitting next to you, and Jenny Sue sitting on the other side. And then all of a sudden you realize, wait a second, we should call each other next month. I, I would love to visit you. And I don't know. There's something so powerful when we get to break bread and meet people. And um, so people are so generous with the the things they're doing. They just share them with you. And these are things that can change your entire financial future just by finding the right CPA, finding the right tax uh, tr trust attorney. Uh, finding how direct investment works. So we have people there that have never heard of anything like this. And we have people there that have deployed two, ten, two to $10 million. So we have total new people, total experienced people, and everybody in between. Yep. It's it's definitely a group that is going to raise your level uh, and, and challenge you. So if you are interested in like a community and finding a community, challenge yourself, become a better investor, meet like-minded people, learn, meet other uh, team members that you might be looking for. Like you mentioned, you might be looking for a, a new CPA or a CPA firm or a lawyer, uh, you know, and have different legal entities and structures. It's all there. So those have been fabulous uh, events. Uh, there's, there's always a huge big takeaway and it, and it always comes from like the most unexpected, like spot, like from a question that somebody asks that everybody goes, Oh, I didn't think about that. This is kind of, and, and it like now it challenges you to think, right. And that's how, that's how you learn and that's how you grow. So, <laughs> so when is, when is this event, Josh, just for folks, if they're interested, yep. uh, I know that there's a ton of uh, Cashflow Ninja community members already in like the area of the Philadelphia yep. area uh, and in New York and New Jersey that that'll definitely be there. So you're going to find a lot of the Cashflow Ninjas there too. And, and a ton of the great uh, people have uh, accountable equity. Uh, when is this? Um, where is it? And then where can people learn more about this? Yeah, it's December 2nd, so you have about, you know, a few weeks. Uh, it's a Saturday. We did it so you can come in for breakfast, or you can spend the night before. There's very few rooms left. We were almost sold out, but if, if it depends. So hit us up at accountableequity.com, two full words spelled out, and then you, you'll find learn and grow as an option. Click that, and, and boom, you'll see MC's beautiful face on the, the page there, my my mug and two other big speakers there's also some surprise mastermind sessions going on so within uh i don't know we'll be done before four if you want to come the night before there's an informal informal gathering the night before we're also doing tours both days so you get to see the type of work we all do and get to know our teams but um the biggest value is going to be sitting there breaking bread with all the other people at your table Awesome. Awesome. And again, I'll for, uh, redirect the link to cashflowenergy.com forward slash uh, learn and grow. 
Uh, so if yeah, if you want to come out and meet like-minded folks, raise your game, your level, and learn and grow together, uh, d- definitely event for uh, that. I would highly, highly recommend. Josh, this has been fantastic. Thank you so oh, much. Such for, a gift, man. Thank you. Yes, for thank me share. you. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on and giving us uh, your insights and updates and what's going on uh, in your world and sharing s- such valuable insights. I know. I always learn something, and I definitely know our listeners and our viewers learn, so appreciate you. And thank you to you, the listeners and viewers, for spending your most valuable resource or time once again with me on the show. Everything Cashflow Ninja is at CashflowNinja.com. That's CashflowNinja.com. Until next time, live infinitely. This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objectives, situation, and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.